Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, so before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give a little content warning. Um, We do talk about some sensitive subjects in this episode because we are talking about our histories with mental health. So we talk about bipolar disorder, depression, anxiety, and then we also kind of briefly touch on a few other sensitive topics like eating disorders, sexual assault, self-harm. We keep it pretty general, but I just wanted to let you know if that's something that you are sensitive to, this may not be the best episode for you. The first 15 minutes or so are really light and not related to that because we do, you know, all the normal things, the bump date, the hot takes. So I'll put a timestamp on screen of where we actually start talking about those sensitive topics. So if you want to skip that, you can just watch the first part or go watch one of our other episodes. But I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Pop the popcorn, put on your comfiest pajamas, and grab a drink because it's time for a new episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hey! I hope everyone had a good weekend. I love that the episodes are always on Monday. I know. It's like a good way to start out your week. Do you listen to the podcast? Yes. Really? Do you? No. <gasps> really? <laughs> I don't listen to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I have to because I forget what we talk about and then I get DMs and I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I would be confused if I didn't listen to it. Yeah. I would be like, why are people messaging me about like this very niche thing? About like even last week we got, I got messages about, uh, what's that character's name? From uh oh Bulby. Jimmy Neutron Bulby. <laughs> I would have been like, why are people messaging me Bulby? Like what is Wait, people sent you Bulby yes, memes? People send me all sorts of I, things. I love the podcast audience. <laughs> like I don't think I've ever felt more understood yes. than by the podcast oh, audience. Oh, absolutely. But I like listening. I per oh, I guess I shouldn't say I prefer Apple Podcasts. <laughs> no, you I'm can right. say that. Oh, well. I prefer Apple Podcasts. I think because, like, staring at myself for, like, two hours is a kind of much. a lot. Yeah. Especially because we're, like, kind of, like, funny. Like, I feel <laughs> like I make a lot of, like, <gasps> faces. And sometimes, like, looking at that for two hours is a lot. Well, but. Stephen keeps bugging me that we always say this at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to say at the beginning, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yes. If, if you haven't. We I, – I, I'm so shocked – we get so many more views than we do subscribers. Yeah. I think because we never say subscribe. So yeah. Stephen told me, like, tell everyone to subscribe. So here here you go, Stephen. Well, and also I feel like the podcast listeners aren't necessarily all people who, like, watch YouTube frequently. Like, yeah. I know, like, my grandma watches on the YouTube app, but, like, probably isn't subscribed because she probably isn't subscribed to anyone. Right. So, like, grandma, you should subscribe. You know, when I first made my YouTube channel... 
and I like would say at the beginning of every video like my first like when yeah. I made my YouTube channel originally I would say like and subscribe to my channel and my grandma like a month into my channel came up to me at like a family gathering and she's like Sierra in your videos you keep saying that like if you want to support me subscribe and she's like but I don't know how to subscribe she's like, do I sign up for an email <laughs> list like, she's like can I sh- can you show Aww. me how so I like sat down and made her a YouTube account so she could subscribe that's so cute <laughs> thank you I'll be so fun when you hit a million to be like I know one of them is my grandma if I hit a million let's see oh my how goodness. far away am i we're filming this six days before it goes up let's see how many subscribers i have i have i don't really check that often but it's now it says at the top of the youtube app yeah. nine hundred sixty-three thousand and twenty-two. you're right a million is way too far away you're never gonna hit it it feels far see you're, but it's you know what sierra <laughs> it's never gonna happen it just I hate goes to, break. to a grinding halt <laughs> today. Imagine? Everyone, because technically in my brain, you have a million subscribers because you also have like the vlog channel yeah. and this channel. But what if like everyone just unsubscribed to the amount to where you're at like 999,000? <laughs> you know what they call that in the like business world of social media? They call that total social reach. <laughs> so like if someone's like pitching me to a brand, if like my manager or like someone at YouTube is yeah. like, to a brand like you should work with Sierra it's like her total social reach and they just add up the numbers from like literally like I have like Like I think Pinterest I think like a thousand people like my page on Facebook that I like never post on and they like include that that's so cute we were talking about Pinterest the other day I feel like Pinterest doesn't get enough love I think so too I use it a lot I feel like if I was going to be like an influencer the only thing I would use would be Pinterest would you be a pinfluencer I would be a pinfluencer I love Pinterest you should be a (laughs) pinfluencer how do you even begin to become a pinfluencer step one make a Pinterest done step two take aesthetic photos done I I don't know (laughs) yeah I feel like that's weird to be like no, even your Instagram stories are, like, perfectly, like, aesthetic and oh. edited and, like, on a background. And mine are, Thank like, you. hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? I'm, like, I – what was that voice? <laughs> that was a very – please comment down below. That was a very specific, like, old man from a cartoon voice, uh, but I don't know who that – can you do it one more time for us? I don't, I don't think I can re- you replicate like, it. Hey, guys. I don't know. Is that it? <laughs> But I literally, like, I did an Instagram story yesterday, and I went back and watched it, because I had done it, like, late at night, and I had zit cream in the corner of my mouth. I am not a pinfluencer. But (laughs) I am not a pinfluencer. We're gonna make you a pinfluencer, Sierra. Is that a word, or did I make that up? You made that up. Trademark it. Trademarked. I feel like if you, like, had an Etsy shop and made, like, pinfluencer and, like, cursive writing, I feel like moms would buy that. You think so? Yeah. Well, you're you're about to be a mom. Speaking of which, you want to maybe give us, I should open an Etsy shop. <laughs> you want to give us your bump date? What is my bump? Oh, you know what my bump date is? Hmm. I had to stop wearing my wedding ring because my fingers are so swollen. Wow. I had to like order a new fake wedding ring on Amazon that like kind of looks like my wedding ring because everything grows when you're pregnant yeah and what i think is the most interesting is like my fingers will most likely like go back to their regular size which is why i'm not like resizing my ring but your feet oftentimes stay the bigger size really so like people can go up a shoe size while they're pregnant because they have like swollen feet Mm -hmm. but then when you're done being pregnant like you're just like a size 10 so you have to buy like all new shoes that's crazy. Isn't that so weird? Because the finger thing makes sense. Yeah, like everything gets swollen, your legs get swollen, whatever. But like your feet, 
could grow and then just stay that size. So, like, have your feet grown? Like, do you fit into your shoes still? There are some shoes that are really tight, but I think it's because my feet are swollen. Yeah. Like, it's, like, like my tight boots and stuff, like mm. Chelsea boots. Yeah. I don't think my feet have, like, grown, grown a size. But I'm also always in between, like, an eight and a half and a nine. Yeah. So, it's, like, kind of hard. To, like, I might just be a nine now. Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. How weird. So, are you not wearing your wedding ring right now? Yeah. She's a single woman. A single woman. <laughs> I was going to say on the prowl, and then I was like, this is taking the joke too far. Not single, happily betrothed. This weekend, betrothed. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, maybe I should change my Instagram bio, because everyone has, like, like married to so-and-so, like, mom-to-be, and I could put, like, like podcast co-host. Yeah. Maybe I should just put happily betrothed, does, and then nothing else. Does betrothed mean married or promised oh, to be oh. married? I think it's promised to be yeah. married because I think in Shrek, Lord Farquaad <laughs> is like betrothed to Princess Fiona, but like they aren't—they don't get married. They're just like in, like they're promised. I love that niche reference. That's <laughs> like, so good. Um, <laughs> what you drinking? Uh, I am drinking green tea. Ooh, what are nice. you drinking? I am drinking a latte. Ooh, it looks like there's some like latte art in there. Is I that? I don't know. Was that intentional? Carly, was that intentional? It kind of looks like a little bear. Carly's shaking her head now. Carly was getting our drink set up before the podcast, so she's like, what do you guys want to drink? And I was like, oh, do you know how to use my latte machine? So she made me a latte, but she I went, think, like, over and above. I think she left you, like, a little... What? What oh, is, is it like, like in Harry Potter when they read the tea leaves? <gasps> like, what's my yes. future? Um, It says I'm never going to hit a million subscribers. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and that I'm going to watch Shrek 2 tonight. Awesome. <gasps> Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited for Disney Plus to come out. Yeah. Just, like, especially because I've had to, like, legally stream Brother Bear for, like, the last couple of years. Because only Brother Bear 2 is on Netflix. <laughs> like, I've paid for Atlantis, like, on Amazon Prime. But, like, Kyle just, like, won't let me pay for Brother Bear 1. I know what I'm getting you for your baby shower. Brother Bear 1? Brother Bear 1. <laughs> but Disney Plus will already be out. So then I'll just have, like, a weird, like, VHS copy that I can't But use. then you'll own it. I could, like, put it up on a shelf. Yeah. Like, ma- like display it. <laughs> aesthetically brother bear no i should find like an etsy shop owner who can do like custom art and get you like a custom like aesthetic brother bear poster wait why have i not thought of like brother bear toys for my baby (gasps) yeah because i've searched everything else like on my baby registry i have like little hamilton dolls like i have like all of the like niche things like i've looked up the greatest showman i have not looked up brother bear Sorry, this is taking a weird turn. This isn't going to be a ranty podcast. No, the last few episodes of our podcast have been like silly, goofy, which is fun and us. Yeah. But we're actually going to talk about mental health this podcast. So, I mean, it's still Skylar and I, so we're always a little silly. Still talking about Lord Farquaad. Yeah. You know, but Brother Bear. But um, we're going to kind of talk about like our experiences, our struggles with mental health, our thoughts on, you know, some like topics that surround like mental health and mental health awareness so i'm excited but before we do that should we do our hot takes yeah let's do it our last silly silly goof goofs yeah (laughs) the next hour or so (laughs) um silly silly goof goofs wow uh do you want to go first sure so my hot take okay is that the villain needs to win more often in movies like explain okay so here's the thing Every movie that you watch, Mm -hmm. you know that it's going to end, no matter what the up and downs are, that, like, 
everyone in the end is going to be fine, right? Yeah. Like, to some extent, right? Yeah. Like, I, like, I remember, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, is everyone fine? Like, I guess you could argue the protagonist is fine, but, like, spoiler alert, in Moana, like, her grandma dies and it's very devastating. But, like, wouldn't it have been better if, like, in the end, the lava monster didn't be like, oh, like, Moana, spoilers for Moana, like, be like, oh, like, you, like, it's my, the heart of Tefiti. I'm like a, the goddess of life and earth. And if instead she was like, no, I am a lava monster and like, I'm, like, kills Moana. I mean, I don't think that would be better. I think that would be much worse. Just imagine walking out of the theater. You're like shook. You're like, I can't believe they did that. See, but this then, is why we need to get you into Game of Thrones <laughs> Westworld. But then every Disney even if they never did it again just the one time now every Disney movie that you walk into you'd be like I don't know how this is gonna end I feel like they did that a little bit with Frozen making Hans the villain but he didn't win but I feel like after that my trust was like I was always on edge but now they do a twist villain in literally every movie like Zootopia twist villain also, we don't talk about Zootopia enough. Zootopia is like my third favorite Disney movie. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. What do you Fox. like so much about Zootopia? What do I like so much about Zootopia? It's all the things I love. Like a small, like, creature who's like not a human who like has these like big dreams and her family's like, you can't do it. You're just a kid. And then like she goes out and she does it and she's awesome. <laughs> Anyways. I don't know if I totally agree with your hot take. Yeah. I think just because it's specifically in Disney movies. No, no, no. It's not specifically. Actually, I would say don't. Or it, like kids movies. No, no, no. Oh, I mean just, more in like adult movies. Oh, okay. Then I I'm agree just with using that. Disney movies as like an example. I agree with that. Then. Okay. That's like all the like big TV shows and movies I like. I yeah. feel like okay. half the time that happens. Yeah. I just feel like with Disney movies, like. Ugh. Keep it pure. They're so I, I, pure. I could, I will accept, accept that argument. That, like, like, kids movies, sure, keep them pure, let the, the hero always win. But, like, even something like, I'm trying to think of, like. You're all, like, trolls. <laughs> like, trolls. <laughs> let, no, like. Let the Bergens win. <laughs> whatever they're called. Like, Star Wars. Yeah. Like, at the. Agreed. Like, let the, also, another hot take, I'm kind of Team Empire. Like, the Jedi are, like, kind of culty. They, like, really reject, like, a lot of emotions, which I don't think is healthy and, like, a good coping mechanism. And, like, they, like, don't allow themselves to, like, love or feel or connect because they view it as, like, a weakness. And, like, I I don't know. I Is this the podcast where we find out you're actually a villain? (laughs) Like, the Empire... Like, what villains do you root for? Because I literally, I don't think I've ever rooted for, I, I haven't. Like, there are villains who I'm like, oh, like, Ursula is a very, like, dynamic, interesting character. But yeah. I've never, like, go get him, Ursula. I, I don't know. I don't know if there are specific villains that I root for. But, like, make them more, make, make them, make them win. Make them win. Oh, my god. Because, you know what? That's life. Like, sometimes, <laughs> that's a good message for life. Sometimes, you know what? Jake Paul makes millions of dollars. And, like, sometimes, you know what? Like, Trump wins the election. Like, it's not always a redemption story. (laughs) You know, I'm going to stick with I agree, except for Disney. I will. I'll. Okay. Because, like, even, like, Kyle and I have been talking a lot about, like, what, like, screen limitations we're going to have for, like, our kid and, like, what 
like that all will entail Mm -hmm. and for me I'm like even just like the kids page on Netflix isn't like like picked through enough like I would never just like let my like toddler be like whatever you want as long as it's on the kids page but I feel like like old school Disney movies are like pretty I don't know Hunchback of Notre Dame is like (laughs) I mean it's scary that's true. I guess it's maybe literally not old school Disney. Movie. I guess like newer Disney, like Disney, movie. like Disney Pixar. Yeah, I feel like pretty much any. I feel like any Disney Pixar movie, I would let my son watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. What's but your hot take? My hot take. What is my hot? Oh, my hot take. I started telling you this, and then we we're like, we need to save it for the podcast. So I forget what it was. My hot take is that it is inappropriate and disrespectful to be a sexy dead person oh yes if that person wasn't inherently sexy like i don't necessarily think it's wrong to be marilyn monroe for halloween because like that was her mo was that like she's like i'm a bombshell i'm flirtatious i'm this that and the other but being like sexy bob ross like that's like he's passed away and he has a family and that's disrespectful do you think it's okay to dress up as bob ross yes but not to sexify his costume yes exactly oh i'm not i don't know i'm on the fence about this one yeah so do do you want to give more explanation or should so first of all i'm just not like a huge fan of like making costumes that like aren't already sexy sexy in the first place like i think like we've talked about briefly with like making like kids characters sexy is like a kind of a weird thing or i think like making like people who have passed away sexy is also like a weird thing yeah i don't know i just i feel like the only like sexy halloween costumes that i think truly like aren't offensive are ones that are either like fictional characters that Uh are like of legal age or ones that like they already have a sexy costume like what about what was her name from space jam lola lola like her costume's already sexy and so it's like you're just dressing up as that character and it happens to be like a flattering costume right okay i'm gonna spout off some characters okay and you because i'm curious to see like where your lines where fall line? okay and you can say like okay in between or no okay um like inanimate objects like sexy toothbrush totally okay so i can be sexy toothbrush absolutely. i can wear like a little bristle top and like absolutely that's okay um what about like like i think that's funny to okay. be like a sexy like toaster yeah you but think- like sexy brave little toaster no maybe a little weird okay <laughs> what about like so if we're talking like people who've passed away okay what about like what about people who are still alive? What about, like, sexy Mr. Rogers? Is Mr. Rogers, Rogers still alive? alive? I think he is. I think he passed away. Really? I'm gonna Google I'm it. I'm not sure. Carly, can you Google it? <laughs> Here's where we find out. Um, so I think if someone's still alive, that's fine. Like, Tim. we saw, like, on the um, Dolls Kill website, they had, like, a Dolly Parton. Yeah. I think doing, like, sexy Dolly Parton is fine. She's alive. Sexy Britney Spears. Sexy, what about, like, like sexy care? like, making someone sexy who's not, like, sexy sexy like i think like what about like sexy kanye west i think that's fine. that's fine because he's because he's alive okay i think it's like when some oh he died oh <laughs> i thought he was still alive yeah, so then right. in that case mr rogers has passed away i think totally not okay. totally not okay but can i dress up as mr rogers yes absolutely if because i think like you know what i think a good example is when I was in fourth grade, I dressed up as Walt Disney for, like, a project, but I got, like, a tuxedo and, like, talked in a smoker voice and, yeah. like, had, like, a little mustache. Yeah. Like, that's me being, like, 
I love Walt Disney so much. I want to, like, pay honor to him. Right. Like, and I think if you were to dress up as, like, Mr. Rogers for Halloween and you're, like, whatever, just wearing, like, a sweater vest and cargo pants yeah. or whatever, like, that's you being, like, I love Mr. Rogers. I want to dress up as him. This is nostalgic. Yeah. Versus, like, I'm going to wear, like, a red tie and, like, like, I think that's weird. What about if we go back further? So, okay. like, those are people who've, like, relatively recently passed away. Okay. What if I'm, like, sexy Abraham Lincoln? See, I feel like that's still not okay. Like, he's been dead for a long time. But, like, he was assassinated. Okay, wait, wait. Yeah, you're right. That's. But how about sexy George Washington? Because, like, he died of, like, old age I still and, like, just natural think that's, causes. I still just think it's weird yeah. to be a sexy dead person. Like, there are so many things. What about, I'm trying, let, let me think, like, really. What if I, no, that's even worse. I was going to say sexy Jesus, but, like, that's <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, that's, like, a whole, that's that's a whole like other a religious issue. podcast. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I did see a comment on your sexy Halloween videos that was like, I thought the sexy Hagrid was a sexy wise man for a minute. And I was like, could you imagine how problematic that would be? Like, didn't, didn't Tana Mojo get, like, canceled last year for doing, like, sexy Jojo Siwa? Yeah, but that's also a child. Yeah. But I feel like doing, like, a religious figure, like, It's the like, same as Jojo Siwa. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. No, oh my I, goodness. I I see what you mean. Like, but it's just been interesting, especially because I've been doing so much research for all of our like sexy, weird Halloween videos. Yeah. I've seen a lot of like sexy people that have passed away. Mm. And I'm like, could you imagine like if you had like a famous dad and then like you were like scrolling through Doll's Kill and you're like, oh, there's like a, my dad in a thong. Great. <laughs> like, like I just feel like that's like kind of weird and like yeah. kind of like. It's kind of like how we were talking about, has the, um, has the Recreating Magazines video come out yet? Um, no, but it'll be going up shortly after this podcast. So, surprise, we're doing a video where I recreate magazine covers. (laughs) But in that, we talked a lot about how, like, they put the word sex on the cover next to these, like, powerful, like, Olympic athletes or, like, self-made women. Mm -hmm. And it's not that there's anything wrong with sex. It's just that, like... That woman is more than that. It's making it a little demeaning. Yeah. It's like Bob Ross is so much more than like, like his he's a, curly afro. He's a sex and... icon, but like he's so much more than that. Oh my goodness. Okay. So here's where I, okay. I think I draw the line. I think okay. I'm a little bit more lenient on it than you. Yeah. I think if they've been passed away for a really long time and you're not like mocking their death in the costume. Yeah. Like if I, I personally wouldn't dress as sexy George Washington. Yeah. But if I saw, like, a couple dressed as, like, sexy George and Martha Washington, like, I would laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but how would you, I guess you also have a very different sense of humor than I do. And yeah. I'm, like, a lot more sensitive. I was yeah. going to say, how would you feel if in, like, 200 years someone dressed up as, like, sexy Sierra Schultz and Stephen from Stephen and, and Sierra IRL? I mean, I'm dead, so. <laughs> so you don't Not care. my problem. <laughs> Like, I don't want someone to dress up as, like, sexy Skylar and Kyle you in don't? 100 years. No. I feel like it's letting my memory live on. <laughs> oh, my God. For girls getting drunk off what jungle would, juice. What would be, like, the sexy Sierra Schultz costume? It'd be, like, a dad shirt. I wonder shirt. if anyone will ever dress up as you for no. Halloween. I know you're going to say no. But, like, we've, like, in your Halloween costume videos last year, we did, like, Jenna Marbles and Shane Dawson. And I've seen people do, like, Tyler Oakley. Yeah, but think about, like, those people and then, like, me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. That would be so weird Maybe if I get crazy. tagged in a picture and someone's dressed up as you for Halloween. That'd Maybe so not crazy. this year, but next year. I don't think so. 
I know. I know I, you're never. I don't think have anything so. like like I'm. I don't have a crazy enough style. Like yeah. people would just be like, oh, so like you didn't dress up? <laughs> like, you're just, <laughs> just some like, basic in, like, white mom girl jeans, like, like a fake Gucci belt, <laughs> like chihuahuas. Yeah. Uh, anyway, do we want to get into yeah. today's podcast topic? Yeah. Let's um let's transition into the podcast topic. I'm excited about this. Skylar yeah. and I were talking about this, and I was like, we we are both pretty open about like our mental health struggles Mm -hmm. but we honestly I don't think you and I have ever like sat down and like had a conversation about like our history with everything and like our thoughts on certain things we'll like tell each other when we're in like a a particularly good spot or a particularly rough spot but it's I don't know I feel like we've never really gotten in well especially because so we met like 10 years ago and we're friends for like a year or two like because we did theater together but then we went to different high schools and so then we were apart for like two years and then we both went to charter and then became friends right as we both were going to charter and so I feel like those two years were when like a lot of our like darkest yeah most issues and times happened and so we didn't really like catch up on all that stuff that happened and so I feel like like, I think we both kind of know what happened to the other person, and I don't think we'll get into specifics, but it's interesting because I feel like sometimes with the podcast, like, you and I frequently talk about body positivity. Yeah. And, like, where we're at, we've seen each other through a lot of the struggles, but I feel like with mental health, obviously, like, it's always a journey, and, like, it's something that both of us still deal with. Yeah. But, like, We met so right, like, right after my, not met, but, like, we reconnected. Yeah. Like, right after my mental breakdown that caused me to leave like traditional high school and so we talked about like it but it had kind of passed yeah and And also now that was what oh my gosh eight years ago yeah something like eight years ago and so I feel like we probably briefly talked about what had happened to make us leave traditional high school but I feel like it probably only happened like once and it was probably like six or eight years ago yeah and so I feel like I, like, kind of know, and I feel like you kind of know, but, like, it'll be cool to, like, sit down and, like, talk about all of it. Yeah, and and hopefully anyone who's listening, too, who's, like, gone through similar things or has a friend who's going through something can, like, understand our perspective. And one thing I really want to make sure that I address is that, like, these are our experiences. Like, we are not mental health professionals. We are not counselors. We are not experts in our... At all. At all. We're only going to talk about how we've experienced our mental issues and everyone who has like I have bipolar disorder everyone who has bipolar disorder experiences it differently totally so the way I describe it if someone's watching and has bipolar disorder might be literally completely opposite of their experience yeah and that's totally fine and I don't want that to like invalidate someone else's experience yeah so just know that like what we're talking about is our individual experiences well and also I think like a lot of times I don't know I feel like if you are someone if you're in a rough spot like this could help you but also like feel free to not listen yeah. like you're not obligated to like stick around if you think that like us talking about like anxiety yeah. and depression and all sorts of things could like trigger you in any way I think this is just us sharing our experience so that people feel less alone and feel less like weird and ostracized about mental illness because I do think it's like an important discussion to have yeah you know I'm still always shocked at because I 
on occasion will just like offhandedly mention on an Instagram story or like in a vlog like oh da 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 like with my bipolar and depression yeah and I still like every single day get DMs of people being like thank you for like talking about it and I'm like I didn't even talk about it like I'm just living my life and that's like part of my experience as a human yeah but so many people just don't talk about it like they're they're I think so much progress has been made into like not having as much of a stigma but still I think there is this thing of like and I even felt this way before I like opened up about my bipolar disorder online of like I don't want that to become like my identity online I don't want to be like I'm not gonna be like a mental health channel totally but like I share my life and that's part of my life so when it's like pertinent to the situation I'm gonna talk about it well and also I think that this is probably the most that either of us will talk about it online. Yeah. Like, I feel like both of us, especially you, obviously get a lot of questions about mental health and mental illness. And I know you've made, like, one or two vlogs about it. But I feel like this is probably the longest, like, sit-down chat sure. that's, like, ever going to happen. Yeah. So, so here's everything. up. <laughs> um, so you briefly mentioned that you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about your history and then I'll get into mine? Yeah. So uh, growing up, I was always like a very happy-go-lucky kid. Like I, I really didn't struggle much with mental health through like early puberty and like childhood. Like I was pretty even keeled. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after puberty, I that's when my emotions just went really really out of whack and around the age of like 14 I started having like really dark thoughts and just being really up and down and I never I didn't understand why um and so it would be like one day I would be like silly happy class clown all over the place you know everyone's best friend and then the next day I would like shut down and not want to talk to anyone and be like oh my gosh like this is I will never be happy again and I couldn't I didn't understand what was going on and then um I ended up being hospitalized when I was 15 um and I I really had not told anyone like not my friends not my family I had not told anyone like what I was feeling what I was thinking what I was going through like I very much internalized it Mm -hmm. and so it just kind of all exploded came out in like one really bad way and so I ended up being hospitalized and after that then my parents were like so caught off guard because like I said I had really internalized all that so they were like oh my gosh we had no idea that you were feeling this way like why didn't you tell us and so after that is when I got into therapy I um left high school I started doing independent study and then I was really open with my parents about every up and down of every day and they were so awesome and that's when I got really close with Kenzie and that's Mm -hmm. when I got really close with you and um I had some really really great friends who like really understood and wanted to talk to me about it which was great um and then it was really hard I'd say so that happened when I was 15 Mm -hmm. and then from like 15 to 18 I really struggled just getting the right I tried like a million different medications I got like three different diagnoses I just felt really up and down and then when I was about 18 is when I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder yeah and got put on a medication that like really actually worked yeah. and it was like I mean it I it, I wasn't I wasn't cured I'll never be cured in yeah. parentheses like that it's a chemical imbalance but just being able to like put a name to it and identify it and be like oh that's not 
like it's not a problem with me it's a chemical imbalance yeah was like really powerful for me to be like okay like because I would blame myself I'd be like why did I get so sad or why did I do this or why did I do that and it's not an excuse but it's an explanation of me being like oh I understand why I feel this way I understand why I acted this way and then also being able to get a legitimate medical plan for talk therapy for medication for coping mechanisms so that I could function better as a human and so I'd say from 18 to now has been so 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 much better I think part of that is therapy and medication and time but I think a big part of it too is like being done with puberty yeah I think the emotions that came with like well and being like in a stable relationship yeah like it just I mean even just the emotions of like my body changing my mind changing and developing like it was so so it really like triggered which we'll talk about triggers later but like it triggered that up and down like cycle of having bipolar disorder and so being able to put a name to it and like kind of problem solve yeah was really helpful now what about you well I was gonna say too on that I've actually I've never thought about that with like struggling with bipolar disorder from a young age that that's probably like a very confusing difficult thing yeah because I feel like for me my biggest thing is like anxiety disorder and then also like eating disorders which we've already kind of talked about so I'll talk primarily about (coughs) anxiety in this episode um But I feel like for me, it was, like, very clear what was going on of, like, first of all, it runs in my family. Like, almost all of the women in my family have some sort of anxiety disorder. And so it was, like, it's really easy to be, like, oh, well, like, (laughs) this person has it and this person has it and this person. Like, it's just, it sucks because I feel like growing up I saw that and it wasn't like a desirable thing but I also kind of understood and the people around me understood they're like oh panic attacks we get it <laughs> like yeah. you know um but I feel like that must have been such a like an interesting thing with bipolar disorder you saying that like you had days where you felt so high and then days where you felt so low I feel like just I've never thought about that yeah. Like, dealing with that as, like, a 13-year-old and not understanding what was happening. Yeah, I really thought it was, like, a me. I mean, a, 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 to a certain point, it is a me issue with my brain. But I thought it was, like, a me issue, like, with my emotions. Yeah. And I would get, like, really it, – it kind of allowed me to spiral because I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And also, I um, – bipolar – the way that bipolar tends to manifest in children is different than teens and different than adults. That's so interesting. Um, I'm again not an expert that's what my therapist told me but so when I was young and I was like I'm doing some googling on like different like disorders or like learning yeah. about it in school I like the symptoms of bipolar in children are so different than teens so yeah. if I read the textbook definition of like what it's like for an adult or a child that was not what it was like for me as a teen. Interesting. And so it was so like um just little things like sometimes it would be like things like avoiding social interactions and I'm like oh I don't do that I love being around people but it's like that it's going to be different for every person it could be different for teens or for children and so I think once I got that diagnosis and like also once it was like out in the open that I was struggling it was it became so much easier that's so interesting wow do you want to I'm so I'm so glad we're having this conversation I'm learning (laughs) about you Do you want to go into kind of your history and your backstory with everything? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I, like, ever since I was 
super, super little, have been, like, the most anxious introverted person. Like, I, so I skipped a grade when I was younger, and I don't think that necessarily helped, because I feel like I went to the next grade up, and everyone, like, thought I was a baby, and, like, I was kind of, like, ostracized for that, of, like, people thinking that, like, I don't belong and like I switched schools a lot like I've probably been to like 10 different schools in my life so I feel like always being like the new kid and then also like being shy and like that's the whole reason why my mom put me in vocal lessons when I was like five or whatever was because I like literally like wouldn't speak to people that weren't my mom because she raised me as a single mom for like quite a bit of time until she married my stepdad and so I was literally like only surrounded by adults yeah like my mom had me when she was 22 and none of her other friends had kids around my age and like she was a single mom so it was like me sitting on the couch with like her and her friends like listening to adult conversation and like I didn't play with toys like I only read like I just was like very quiet into myself and so I feel like I've, like, always overthought everything since I was, like, very young. And I've also, like, always been very socially anxious, I think, because I think it's part of just, like, who I am. But I think also partially because I didn't do that much, like, interacting with other kids. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I've always felt this need to, like, prove myself of, like, hey, like, I belong here. Like, I'm old enough and I'm fine and everything's normal. Whereas I think a lot of other kids just go through life and are, like oh yeah like I'm just a kid and that's all there is to it um and so I think that like I think it was very apparent very early on like I I think when I think back like I feel like I've kind of always had anxiety um I mean I wasn't diagnosed with anxiety disorder until like middle school or whatever I went to like my first therapist and that's just kind of been my diagnosis throughout my whole life I've never like had to go on a like journey to discover what that was like that was very clearly always the issue Mm -hmm. but like even when I think back to like the first time I ever auditioned for a play like I literally like would not go in and my mom was like Skylar like you've been practicing with your vocal instructor for weeks like you like you have everything memorized like you're gonna get like it's fine and I was like I I can't do it. Like, I just, I can't even walk in the room. And so I feel like I've always had that issue. And so I think um, as I got older, I think I, like, I also, we talked about a lot in the body positivity episode of, like, I struggled with eating disorders and all sorts of things. Um, But when I was in my sophomore year, I, like, left because of mental health issues, too. And that's when, like, you and I got together and I feel like I got to start, like, doing work that I was like passionate about and getting into like healthier relationships and I don't know yeah I think high school especially can be like a really hard place to be struggling yeah. um what was your experience like because you said you've you were kind of aware of it like through your childhood like yeah. going from childhood to like teen to adult and has your anxiety always been the same way has it changed yeah. as you've grown um I think it's I think that my anxiety has pretty much always been the same in how it manifests. I think the way that I cope with it is different. And the way I, like, manage it is different. I think it's, like, always been, like, just a lot of overthinking and a lot of, like, thinking that things are going to go the worst way possible and also always feeling, like, very, um, like, I feel like I, 
not assume the worst in people, but that I assume people assume the worst about me. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, like, overly apologetic because I, like, never want someone to think that I intentionally did something wrong, yeah. when in reality that never happens. Yeah. But I feel like I just... You overthink I, it. I, I yeah. overthink it and think, oh, well, like, maybe they thought I was, like, not being cautious about this. Or maybe they thought I was, like, slacking off or whatever, when in reality, like, I know that's not the issue because I'm such a precautious person. But I think it just, like, is a lot of overthinking. Um, yeah, I think that, like, I've gone through a lot of different struggles in my life. And anxiety has always been kind of, like the constant the constant (laughs) which I think um in a way is like it's not definitely not nice that's the wrong word but I think it's it's nice that I'm able to cope with it and I like understand what sets me off I Mm -hmm. understand like what I can do to make a situation better with that I think other things I've struggled with like I, like, struggled with eating disorders, like, I've been sexually assaulted, like, I've gone through a lot of different things in my life where I'm, like, this is, like, from left field and I don't have coping mechanisms. And I think that's, like, when I would get to darker places versus, like, my anxiety, I feel like I know that, like, I just need to meditate (laughs) and I just need to, like, make a plan. I need to, like, make sure that I've done everything I can to prepare for a situation. Whereas sometimes when things come out of left field, like deaths or like whatever, I feel like it's harder to prepare yourself for that. Yeah. So, yeah. So Sorry, I'm like getting out of breath. No, I like we know we're talking good. about like heavy stuff. And so I feel like. No, you're good. Just, you're, you're, you're doing great, sweetie. Oh, you too. <laughs> um, so where would you say you're at now? Like maybe that's a good way for us to segue into kind of like our thoughts on other topics and like how we're dealing with it now yeah so I I think I'm in a really good spot now good I'm so glad to hear that and would you say the same for yourself I'd say good I don't know if I would say really Really good good, but I'd say I'm in a good spot I think that's also part of what we wanted to talk about is I think that there's a stigma that I think there's two kind of trains of thought one is that like you are your mental disorder. Like, you're never going to overcome it, in quotation marks, because, like, it's a chemical imbalance, and, like, that's just something you're going to have to live with. And then I think there's this other train of thought that's, like, you have to overcome it. Like, that's what strength is. Strength is not having that, like, quote-unquote weakness. And I think that both of us kind of believe in it in between, of, like, my goal is to be as, like, the least anxious as I can be. Yeah. And your goal is to be, like, like more, like... The most balanced. Yeah, yeah, balanced with your emotions as you can be. And I don't think, like, we don't owe our mental disorders anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, if someday I don't have anxiety anymore, that would be a miracle. Yeah. But I know that's not possible and that's not a goal to set for myself. The goal to set for myself is to constantly be improving, constantly, like, to recognize when I'm getting into that headspace and to, like, try and shut it down. Right. You know? I mean, I even got a message after I made a vlog, like, almost a year ago where I was, like, in a low spot for my bipolar disorder and, like, really in a deep low. And I made a video talking about it. And I got a DM, like, recently from that video that was, like, how dare you say that you were working to overcome your disorder? Like, how dare you make people think that they can 
overcome it and that they can like improve and I was like I didn't respond because there's no reason to yeah but like in my in the way I think of it like you're right I will probably never completely overcome having bipolar disorder but that doesn't mean that I'm just gonna sit back and like let it control let it control my life and just be like well that's me I have bipolar disorder I have depression like that's the way it is like no I'm gonna try to do the things that I can and make the steps that I can to make myself the highest functioning version of me that I can like if I'm having a bad day I'm not just gonna be like well this is it I'm gonna lay in bed all day like sometimes that's what ends up happening but like I'm gonna try to do the coping mechanisms that I have and the things that I've learned to make it better so that I can live my life the way I would like to like it's I feel like it's people who are like kind of in the thick of it and they want to drag you down there too you know which I get oh totally but it's one of those things where like you only have one life (laughs) like if you can have a better day if you can like pull from your toolbox of coping mechanisms and figure out how to like get out of bed and take a shower and put on a new pair of pajamas that is a win yeah like why would you not try your hardest to get there if you have those tools that you can grab from like obviously when you're young or before you go to therapy or whatever state you're in like you might not have those tools so it might seem like it's never going to get better and I think that like for both you and I I would guess that like we're both always going to have those like setbacks but like hopefully as we go through life we're just gonna keep accruing like methods of dealing with it and I don't know like I feel like I like when I have a panic attack now first of all it's much less often than it used to be when I was a teenager but now like I'd say maybe it happens once a month yeah maybe a little less depending on like where I'm at and what's happening in my life but now I'm able to cope with it. So maybe my panic attack is like 20 minutes versus like an hour and then like an hour of like aftermath of like me shaking and like dealing with all the things. Like because now I'm able to understand like this is what's happening to my body. We've been here before. <laughs> like let me try and like shut it down because yeah. I know this isn't proactive. I know this isn't all those things. And so I feel like overcoming in quotation marks your mental disorder is just like learning how to deal with it so you can continue living your best healthiest most functioning life absolutely I mean when I was in high school if I was in I mean the thing with the way my bipolar disorder is is I'm I very high highs and very low lows and a lot of the times those will come in waves of like a week so I'll I could be totally quote-unquote normal for let's say three, four months, like very even keeled, no problems. And then I will have a really, really high high for like three days and be like manic. And then I'll come down and for maybe a week just feel absolutely like rock bottom. The difference is now when I'm in those high highs, I can identify because of like understanding it more, Mm -hmm. going through therapy. I can understand like, okay, yes, maybe this – life seems perfect and amazing right now and I feel like I could conquer the world and do anything but I need to kind of not just let myself go so that Mm -hmm. the fall isn't as hard yeah and then when I do have that fall and I am in a low like the past maybe five six days I was in a low until yesterday I woke up and I was like 
I feel normal again. This is great. But like the five days before that were really hard. But the difference is now because I have worked to overcome it is when I was in high school, it was like, I will never be happy again. Oh my gosh. Everything is awful. The world is awful. I hate my life. And now it's like, I feel really bad. I can't wait for this to be over. What can I do to try to make it end? Like make this period end quicker. And I think that's the difference. And in Mm -hmm. my brain, what I see as overcoming it, it's not that I never have low lows anymore. Mm -hmm. I do. That's the reality. But I don't see it as like, I I know that it's going to get better. Like I know there's a way out and I know what I can do to function. Like even I didn't, I, I was very proud of myself. That whole like, five day low like I didn't I don't think I canceled a work day I don't think I like canceled a workout I don't think I like I was living my life but I think like the um, I think the part of the reason why you're able to do that is one because like you've established like you are able to cope with it and you're able to see like the light at the end of the tunnel and know that it is going to end like this is a temporary feeling but I also think a lot of it is like candor and honesty and being able to like like there were probably five or six times where we were on a shoot last week where you told me you're like hey like I'm feeling a little out of it let me know if like my energy is really low or like let me know this that and the other because you know that I understand what that means for you yeah and it's not like hey I'm feeling really sad we have to cancel everything forever I'm quitting YouTube (laughs) yeah it's like hey we're still gonna do this yeah I'm having kind of a tough day let me know if like my energy seems low. Well, and you know? I and I think that's a big difference too between me and high school just being like I'm happy, I'm fine, everything's great, I have yeah. no problems. And then now like waking up and being like, "Hey, like telling Steven before he leaves like, "Hey, I'm I feel really bad." Yeah. Like can you do the things that you know help me? Yeah. And so he will. And then when you and Carly come into the office, I can be like, yeah, I'm, like, feeling kind of bad today. Yeah. And then, like, again, just knowing that I don't have to, like, keep up that act. Yeah. It's like, oh, my. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting trying to keep up that act. Well, and I also feel like for both of us, like, our partners are such, like, helpful resources with that. Of, like, yeah. Kyle does the exact same thing. Like, even this morning I was so anxious. Like, I literally, I think I've probably been late to, like, our home office, like, three times and it's always like five minutes late but I was like Kyle like I'm going to get there right at nine o'clock if I like if I were to leave now so like I need your help and he's like cool I'm gonna pack your lunch for you like I'm gonna lock up I'm gonna whatever and I was like 10 minutes early but like it's me being like I'm so anxious (laughs) like I cannot be late to anything ever I can't whatever being like I need your help and him being like cool got it like I I know that Kyle knows that even if I were to leave 10 minutes later and be on time it would be fine mm. or if I were to leave 20 minutes later and be 10 minutes late you would understand of course but it's him knowing that like okay there's no convincing her that like everything's fine yeah so I'm just gonna pack her lunch I'm yeah. just gonna lock up I'll feed the cats I'll do whatever and I feel like having a partner who understands when you're like hey I need help yeah. <laughs> what that means and not having to explain like can you please do this for me and this and this and this because I'm unable to do it right now them just knowing cool that's the signal 
yeah let me help in these ways is so so helpful and even when I was in high school after I like opened up to my parents about everything and they were able to be those resources for me yeah that was a huge game changer too because my mom would see that I was in a rough spot or I would tell her and she'd be like hey like let's go on a hike yeah like let's go get you out of this environment let's go and that's why I think it's so important to talk to the people around you because just I'm like literally gonna get emotional about it like just being in that place on your own it's so hard to get out of it yeah and when you have like a best friend or a partner or a parent who you can be like hey I'm not doing well and they can do the things that you know they can not only be receptive of that but be helpful yeah is life-changing it it really so if any of you guys are struggling out there like I cannot recommend enough yeah talk to someone like tell someone and then communicate with that person and it's Mm -hmm. oh my gosh is it so much easier yeah like it's it's truly Mm life-changing I think and I think one of the things that so when Stephen and I started dating I told him like I think two or three weeks after we started talking I was like hey just putting it out there like so you know like I have bipolar disorder I've dealt with depression kind of here's my history um and I was like you know I I just want you to know like I I'm not looking for someone to fix me like yeah I don't want you to like enable me or feel like it's your responsibility but just so you know like it's helpful for me to have someone who I can like talk to about and I think that was really important for me because the relationship I had before that I think I like relied on that person to like save me yeah and I think setting up those like boundaries and expectations is really helpful Mm -hmm. because now when I'm like in a dark place and I tell Steven he doesn't feel like it's his job to get me out of it but he also knows the things that he can do that will help me Mm -hmm. he knows that like if I'm having a rough day if he calls me at lunch like that will help me and just like encourages me that'll help me yeah and but it's not his responsibility to like fix my life Totally. Do we want to talk a little bit about like dating people and like feeling like you have to give that disclaimer or like having that conversation? What are your opinions on that? Because for me, I felt, sorry, I asked you a question and cut you off. (laughs) For me, I felt, I feel like, I don't know. I felt like I wanted to tell Steven because I didn't want it to be a surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just kind of like from a, uh, maybe not the healthiest place I felt like I was scared of him like finding out about it and then being like oh like I don't want to like too much baggage I don't yeah. want to like once we were in too deep which like I don't know what do you think do you think that it's important to like tell someone like tell that person or um so, so again like we've said multiple times these are all our opinions obviously live your life the way that you want to live your life I think that to me like honesty is always the best policy like I just that's something that like I truly try and like live my life by of I think that for me it's like very very important to be open and honest about that because I want the same in return like I think that if you're going to like especially if you're committing to be in a monogamous relationship with someone yeah I think it's important to be able to like know everything going into it like if someone has like anger management problems like I would like to know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you know that you have anger problems and, like, we're about to, like, be committed to each other, just let me know. Yeah. And then I can make my own decisions. Yeah. You know, especially because I think that a lot of issues are, 
fixable is the wrong word but I think like when you're diagnosed with a mental disorder like like how we said previously like I'm probably always going to be an anxious person whether I have panic attacks for the rest of my life or that's just something that happens between the ages of like 10 and 30 I don't know but I know that like I'm just always going to be anxious yeah like I just know that for myself whereas something like having anger issues is something that you might be able to work through you know and so I think for me it's really important to be open and honest about it yeah um I don't know what do you think I think I don't personally like I wouldn't let's say I wasn't married like I wouldn't tell someone who I was just like hooking up with yeah totally but like that's why I didn't tell Stephen like when we first started going on a few dates because I was like I don't know where this is gonna go yeah I I don't think it's my responsibility to disclose to someone after one date like my entire mental history yeah but I think once Stephen and I started getting to a place where we were like more serious and like actually being monogamous is like a it was a huge weight off my shoulders where I didn't feel like I have to like keep up this appearance yeah. and I can just be like hey this is where I'm at and also I think it helps that um he knows yeah like how to help me and and what I'm going through and also like I said setting those expectations of like I don't expect you to fix me yeah I don't need to be fixed I'm I'm not broken yeah. I just have I just need a little tweaking here and there and yeah. I can do that with a little help from my friends <laughs> well and I also feel like it depends on like how it manifests for you mm-hmm. like my biggest thing that I don't really ever talk about is like I have been sexually assaulted before and like that's a big reason why I left high school yeah. um and like even after then like I was sexually assaulted again and so I think like for me with Kyle before we were monogamous before anything like I felt the need to tell him because, like, I I think, like, I, I honestly don't know how I would be if I was single now. But now it's, like, totally fine because Kyle's my partner and I trust and I love him and everything's great. But I think, like, establishing, like, we're in a safe space. <laughs> like, we, like, you're someone I trust. I love you. Like, I'm comfortable, like, sleeping in the same bed as you. I'm, co- you know, like, I think I, like, had such fears associated to that and like negative connotations when it came to like men and a lot of things and so for me I don't even think I told him that I had anxiety for quite a while probably like at least a month or two of like when it came up because for me that was something I was able to manage whereas me being like hey just so you know I like I need a little more than a normal person would like I need you to like not just come up behind me and like hug me and like try and like scare hug me like I I'm totally fine with a from behind hug but like don't just come up behind me in the kitchen and be like boo I gotcha like that's that's not cool for me you know and so I think it depends on where you're at I think you should never feel like you are broken and like you have to tell someone something like to disclose it because you're afraid that like they're going to leave but also acknowledge that like when a person is like getting into a relationship with you like I personally maybe that's controversial I think that like they should know like I think if if someone's committing to like being with me knowing that I mean now I probably only have panic attacks like I said once a month but for a while it was like every week (laughs) like that's a big thing if we're gonna live together and I'm gonna be like crying and hyperventilating and not able to breathe in the bathroom like that's something that that person should know 
before we agree to live together like you would with a roommate or you know so I think it is kind of a hard balance of I think you have to kind of establish for yourself when you tell someone or how you tell someone or if you tell someone but for me I think like honesty is the best policy yeah especially if it's going to affect that person like you said with a hookup (laughs) like you having depression probably won't affect you hooking up with a guy at a bar yeah you don't need to tell him you can if you want. You can if you want. Yeah. Honesty is the best policy. But, like, it's fine to just, like, have fun times yeah. or whatever. But I think if you are dating someone because you want them to be your life partner, I think just letting them know everything is always yeah good. That, when you were talking about that, that brought up an interesting topic in my mind that we hadn't, like, talked about before. So it's fine yeah. if you don't want to talk about it. But I think about this a lot for me. How do you interact with, like, how your disorder, like, your anxiety is part of your personality? Because I think for me, as someone with bipolar disorder, like, I have a hard time, like, differentiating those two. Yeah. Where, like, I I think that part of my bipolar disorder is a – is sometimes a big part of my personality. Yeah. Like, the fact that I am so bubbly and so extroverted is probably part of me being bipolar. Yeah. Like, it's probably part of me being so up and down. Um, Like, the fact that I feel things so deeply and mm-hmm. I, like, really connect with people on an emotional level yeah. is also probably part of that. How do you, like, like, another, like, I'm always, like, a lot of people view me, especially in my family, is like, I'm, like, the fun person. Like, I'm, like, yeah. the person who's, like, always down to do something crazy. Yeah. I think that's maybe part of my mental disorder. Yeah. Do you, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like there are parts of your disorder that are parts of your personality? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even a lot of times on this podcast, like, I feel like I'll joke and be like, because I have anxiety. Like, Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's, I feel like because it's my anxiety, I feel okay, like, even, like, sometimes joking about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's, I don't think it's ever okay to joke about mental illness as a whole or to joke about, like, if I were to make a joke about depression, like, I don't think that's okay. Or even if I were to make a joke about, like, general anxiety, like, I think that that can be really upsetting for other people who struggle with that. But because I feel like it's something that, like, personally affects me, it's, like, my issue, I feel like it's, I feel okay letting it be a part of me. Kind of like how, like, we talk about all the time with, like, you making, like, self-deprecating jokes. Yeah. Of, like, if, like, the other day we were sitting there and my shirt just, like, ripped open. And I was like, well, guess my pregnancy boobs are really coming in. Like, literally, like, busting through my shirts. Like, guess I'll, like, have to get one from your Poshmark pile. Like, what are we, you know? Like, to me, that's okay because I'm like, haha, this is, like, my body and my shirt and I'm making a joke about it. Yeah. If you were just like, haha, bet your shirt's gonna bust open because those pregnancy boobs. Like, that wouldn't be okay. That no. would be weird and whatever. Yeah. But I feel like it's for me it's okay because it's like my issue and I don't think everyone feels that same way but I think part of it's like like I don't know like with you I feel like one of the things that with your personality is like how you said like you are always on time and you always like um apologize for things or like super polite that's part of your personality but as you were explaining it that's also like part of you having anxiety yeah and I think that's another thing for me that's hard for my own is to like do I need to separate like do you think you have to separate like this is part of my anxiety and so it is like not healthy or like you know what this is part of my personality 
I wonder it's too. It's so complicated. I wonder. I've never heard a discussion on like whether or not it's okay to like aspects of your yes. mental disorder. Do you think it's okay? I don't know. I've never even thought about that before, and I've never heard anyone talk no, about either. Well, because oh, they're part of my personality, think? right? Because in some I, ways, like trust, trust and believe, like. I, more than anyone, like, I know how much my anxiety sucks. Like, it sucks with a capital S. But, like, I do like that I'm a punctual person. I like that I'm, like, very organized. I like that, like, I, like, always have, like, 20 steps. Like, if whenever something bad happens, I feel like I'm the person who, like, I've already thought that that could happen. And so I already have, like... ideas in mind of like even like I don't really I don't want to get into it a ton but like my hamster passed away last week two weeks ago something like that and like for the last six months I've thought like oh like Poppy could pass away like this is like something that's going to happen like hamsters don't have like the longest lifespan so I feel like I would go up all the time and like check on her like frantically and Kyle would be like she's literally fine she's like running on her wheel like why are you concerned with her health and I'm like it's because I'm anxious like I don't want this to happen but so when it happened I felt like kind of prepared of like okay here's the plan like let's call your mom let's like look this up and this up let's like I have steps in my mind because in my brain I feel like the worst case scenario is like not a possibility but like I've thought of it if that makes sense and so I do feel like I'm better at dealing with like like, if I, like, get in a car crash or Kyle gets hurt or, like, if something like that happens, which is, like, really negative, I feel like I'm able to, like, compartmentalize and be, like, okay, I thought this might happen. <laughs> like, yeah. let me, like, call this person. Let me do this, this, and this. And I do really like that about myself. And so I feel like it's hard because I for sure think that's a thing that came because of my anxiety. Yeah. But also it's a question of, like, when did I develop my anxiety? Like, was I born with it? Yeah. Well, and then it's hard to separate too, right? Like, let's say in some alternate reality you don't have anxiety. Are you still a punctual person? Is that part of, like, where yeah. does the anxiety end and, like, the personality type and aspect mm-hmm. begin and how intertwined are they? I think that's something I think about all the time with my bipolar disorder. Like, even with positive things, like yeah. you were saying. Like, it's easier with negative things to be like, oh, was that me or was that, like, totally. my imbalance? But with positive things, like – Part of the reason that I work so much and I'm so driven, I think, is because that's when I'm in a very high manic state. Yeah, totally. And so, like, when it's a bad thing, it's easy for me to be like, oh, I'm having trouble being productive or getting out of bed because I am in a low for my bipolar disorder. This is bad. But when I'm, like, doing great and really driven and making all of these plans and and staying up all night editing, like, that on the outside looks like a good thing. It's like I am producing, especially with my job being like, you know, my own boss. Like it's up to me if like I think Mm -hmm. I was low key in kind of a manic state for like all of December last year. Yeah. Like I literally was I was looking back at my schedule. I didn't have an editor. The only person working with me was you. Yeah. I was doing and I was super part time. Yeah. Like still I kind of fluctuate in between like part time and full time. But that was like I was. In LA. Yeah. I filmed all my videos here on my own. Yeah. And I was doing three main channel videos a week, Vlogmas every day, and like posting Instagram pictures and like trying to like do things with my family. So on the outside, it looks like 
wow productive i bet that month was great for all things analytics yeah like so driven like so great and then on the inside i look back at it and like i'm like oh wait that maybe wasn't good or if i didn't have bipolar disorder how driven would i still be yeah i don't know and so it's really a hard thing for me to like yeah analyze this is such an interesting conversation. Is that like vain to say no. on the podcast to be like the conversation we're having is very interesting. But it, but cuz I've never had this conversation before and I think it is so interesting to cuz I feel like from an outsider's perspective, like if someone were to just ask me like is it all right to like love your mental disorder? I would say no. Yeah. I would say that sounds unhealthy. Yeah. Like you should work on like striving to be better. You should work on like all these things but when I actually think about it I think like my mental disorder is definitely not all that I am but it really has shaped me yeah you know it's a it's a part of you I think especially because I feel like a lot of people um get like diagnosed or their mental disorder like comes like later in life like Mm -hmm. maybe high school maybe in their 30s maybe whatever but like I literally feel like I was born with it like every female in my family has it and like it's just like looking back to like the littlest things like even on last week's podcast we posted like our like embarrassing photos to pop up like the photo that I posted was me and my cousin who were like the exact same age got baby dolls for Christmas for my grandma and I literally like was like crying and stressed out because I was like why are you giving me a baby like I'm four years old like I can't take this responsibility like I don't have a job like what am I gonna do and my other customers are like did you do and like threw it in a corner and like it's like so funny and silly and like I think it's funny and silly because that's like so who I am and like it makes sense but like the fact that I was four years old and got a baby doll for Christmas and was like why did you do this to me like I can't like I can't take this responsibility like I had so much anxiety being like how am I going to take care of this child? I am but a child. Like, you know? And so I think it's, it is interesting because I think, like, that's just, like, that's just who I am. Yeah. You know? I feel like it's almost like looking back and being like, look at me in this, like, Pokemon shirt. Like, yeah. that's so funny because that's so true to, like, who you are now. Like, yeah. I feel like looking back, I'm like, that's so funny because that's, like, so me. Like, so stressed out and so whatever. And so it's interesting because I just, I don't know. When I feel like it's a fine line between romanticizing mental illness and like being open about it. And I think I really, I think I kind of fell into romanticizing it when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Like even the whole era of like the manic pixie dream girl. Mm -hmm. Like the, oh, she's broken, but she's beautiful. Like she's conflicted. She's deep. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think I kind of was like, yeah, that's me. Instead of being like, well, maybe I should work on that. Especially, like, in young adult novels and, like, the whole, like, Tumblr era is, like, there was such a, like, beautiful emphasis in quotation marks put on, like, smoking cigarettes and being depressed. Or, like, even a lot of, like, the John Green books that used to be, like, my absolute favorite books are, like, about young girls who have some sort of mental disorder and then, like, guys like fantasize over them and are like obsessed with them because they're imperfect because they're like running away from home because they're depressed and I just I feel like that's I feel like that's not okay well I think it can be a really fine line for things like tumblr yeah of feeling seen mm-hmm. and feeling like people are being open about their anxiety and their depression yeah. and that's great and I feel seen and I understood and then like 
romanticizing it and like I think that honestly was one of like my triggers in high school that kind of made me spiral oh yeah I mean I literally had two tumblers one where I would post like like kind of like depressed artsy stuff and another where I would just like I don't think you could favor back then I don't know what not reblogging was but like liking the content was of like liking like thin inspiration and yeah. like really really dark stuff yeah and like that's that's just like not okay yeah like if I found out that my little sister had like a place where she could go I mean she does with social media but like a site like that where like you can search like the inspiration or whatever depression and and, like get these things that just like sink you down lower Mm -hmm. like that's so crazy that I mean I'm sure it still exists yeah but well and I think for me like my bipolar disorder I don't think has ever really been romanticized yeah but depression has and I had a I I would say I don't know if right now I would say I'm really struggling with depression as much I think that's kind of a symptom of the bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. but in high school I definitely was and I like very much identified with like all the like depression romanticization romanticization yeah but I feel like anxiety is something especially now in like the past two three years that's like I mean even like who was it someone made merch that was like my anxiety has anxieties Mm -hmm. how do you feel about that since that's something that you've connected with I mean I think that's like a totally different ball game of like monetizing like off of a mental illness like I just I like that kind of rubs me the wrong way yeah like like, does that make you feel seen like oh someone else is struggling no not at all maybe if I was like a 13 year old girl and my favorite creator came out with that I would be like wow how cool that like they also like understand what I'm going through Mm -hmm. but I think like as an adult looking in on it like the fact that you're profiting off of like young viewers identifying with having mental disorders is just like kind of gross to me yeah sorry not to call out whoever that was no but I don't even I just, remember who it was I just I don't know I see it's all such a tricky thing which I think is why we've said multiple times like these are our personal thoughts and like I would love for like discussion to be sparked because of it because I do think that like having conversations about mental health is so important yeah but well like, I think it's kind of like threefold it's like feeling seen like okay someone understands me someone gets me and then like kind of allowing that to let you spiral and and be a trigger for you to feel worse Mm -hmm. which I think definitely is what happened to me and then I think now it's kind of evolved into like and now we're profiting off of it yeah and so but also at the same time I'm like if that's your mental struggle and you are profiting off of it like again with the intersection with your personality like let's take someone let's say someone writes music about like their struggles with mental health yeah and then they sell that music and make money off of it I think that's fine yeah but I don't know I think okay so for me the big thing is now we're talking about like the age of social media and like art and music versus social media personalities and like merchandise yeah I don't necessarily think it's healthy for your mental disorder to be like your brand Mm. like I think but what if that's part of your personality like for me kind of my brand is being loud and extroverted and all over the place but your and brand you wouldn't come out with merch that says like I'm bipolar AF <laughs> yeah like I just you know what I mean like yeah. I, I think there's a difference between having that be a part of your identity and like creating art inspired by it or people like naturally relating to it and then another thing to like 
push merchandise, push whatever, and have that become a part of, like, your brand. So let's say, let's take me, for example, because I okay. feel like it's easier for me to be, like, judgmental when it's of myself. Yeah. Let's say, like, I came out with merch that just said manic on it. I think that would be problematic. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah? I agree. Now let's say I wrote a song called Manic that was about my struggle with being, like, having ups and downs, and then I sold that song on iTunes and made a music video about it. I feel like that's okay. That's okay? Then what if I... I feel like that's kind of, like, what Gabby Hanna does, and I feel like that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like, And Dodie. Yeah. And I think, like, I get a lot of, like, connection by, like, listening to music like that. Totally. But now let's say I, kind of an in-between... Let's say I wrote a book called Manic um, that was about, like, my struggles with it, and then I sold that book. I feel like that's also okay. So why do you think – do you think the merch is different because it's, like – It might also be, like, my perception of I think that, like, we're still coming around to a time where, like, social media and, like, YouTube and Instagram and all that is viewed as, like, as valuable as, like, a book, like a hardcover Mm -hmm. book or, like, an album. Like, I think that, like – to me still in my head it's hard to process that like making a hoodie is as much creative art as like writing an entire memoir yeah that's true and I guess that's a debate of like I think that that might also just be me being judgmental but also like I work for a social media influencer and like have helped you with your clothing line and like I think that I understand how much work goes into it just as much as the next guy But I think that, like, there's something different about, like, writing a memoir or writing a song, like, from your perspective on an issue that you personally struggle with versus just taking one or two words and, like, slapping them on something. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I see that. I think think that's kind of the the spot that I I think I draw the line at least. Do you want to – switching gears a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about, like, trigger culture? Yeah. Because I think that both of us, let me know because I'm speaking for you. So if I'm speaking incorrectly. Speak for me, girl. (laughs) Let me know. I think that both of us went through a time where like we didn't quite understand trigger culture. Like I think a couple of years ago it was like a really like hot button, like kind of almost like a meme of like triggered, like, ah, you like talked about Shrek and like now I'm triggered or whatever. But I think that like triggers are valid. And I think that like. I it's always hard when like something becomes a meme to be like no but like really that's a valid thing like I think that we'll probably like record some sort of like trigger warning for this podcast absolutely you know just because I think in the same I think of a trigger warning like how people how there's a um like ratings for movies yes like I wouldn't want to take my five-year-old child into an r-rated movie I would like to have some sort of pretense at the beginning on what I can expect and so I think putting a trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast just being like hey just letting you guys know here's some of the things that could potentially trigger it you it that we're talking about just letting them know because like even for me listening to podcasts if I'm listening to a podcast that's usually like a light fun happy podcast and all of a sudden they started talking about like sexual assault and depression and like dropping out of school and all these things like that would be upsetting to yeah. me depending on the place that I'm in too. yeah like if I was like driving to like hang out with family like I might have to like 
cancel hanging out with family for the night and like I think it's important to like listen to those conversations and have these conversations but also I think it's important to let people know like hey if you want to listen to like silly silly fun times listen to like our last four episodes but like if you want to like if you are like sitting at home on the weekend and like want to like really think about it and like have the conversation like let's create a space for that and I think I would have benefited a lot from trigger warnings when I was in high school also Mm -hmm. just having an understanding of triggers yes like I thought of triggered as like a meme Mm -hmm. like I thought of it as like a joke but I now looking back I think tumblr was like a huge trigger for me yeah I think reading books and listening to music that like went into detail about like like harming yourself and like being in a dark place I think that was really bad for me oh yeah I think that like I feel like it's so hard to say like as a parent because like I'm not a parent yet and like I don't know where the world will be in like 16 years but I think like that's also part of being a parent like being so cognizant of that and like Mm -hmm. understanding what your kids are consuming. I, I know it's harder with the internet nowadays but I feel like if if someone had seen like the like my search history on my computer and like seen like even just seeing like my tumblr block even like my public one (laughs) like not even like my sad depressing one like my one where I would like still post like looking for Alaska quotes or whatever like that's like you shouldn't be doing that or like certain like poetic books that I was reading like were really dark and talked about self-harm and talked about suicide and talked about all these things and like if like yeah I was about to call it some things by name, but I won't. Well, and I think I I would seek out those triggers. Exactly. To, because I wanted to spiral. Exactly. Because, but I would put, and I remember my mom used to call me out and be like, I don't know if like listening to that music is like maybe the best for your mental health when you're in that state. I'd be like, you just don't understand. Yeah. Like I feel like I was using it as a, a mask for like connection. I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. Like that's a connection for me. Like that's like yeah. me, like me feeling seen and understood. But I don't think that's what it was most of the time. Yeah. And I think the one of the things that just kind of blew my mind thinking about it. So, like, when I was in high school, I used to get migraines. Like, before yeah. I had I'm, all through, like, my struggles with mental illness. It was unrelated. But one of my actual triggers, like, medical triggers for migraines was, like, splashing water in my face. Like, if I got, like, hit with a squirt gun in the eye or, like, someone, like, like, uh, like put a hose on my face in the summer yeah. or something like that, that would trigger a migraine. <laughs> and so, like, my family knew don't squirt Sierra with water because that can medically trigger a migraine. Yeah. But I wasn't treating my mental illness the same way. I wasn't like going to these places and listening to these things can trigger my mental illness. So I should not do that. I was, I viewed it as separate. Yeah. And in reality, I think it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, because I feel like we both have like such a shared experience with that. And like I... I feel like it's only happened maybe like a couple times since I've like been an adult where I've done that because now I recognize but now if I do it I recognize that I'm doing it and like I'm able but and it's still unhealthy but I feel like I only do it when it's needed of Mm -hmm. like even like a couple months ago I like worked my last theater show and like people can always say like who knows like you could do a theater show in 20 years when like your son's grown up but like for me it was important to like draw the line of like 
this is my last theater show. If I end up volunteering, if I end up whatever, like, that's great. But, like, I need to, like, say goodbye and, like, that's what it's going to be. And so, like, I made a playlist on Spotify called, like, Songs About Theater That Make Me Cry (laughs) or Songs About Art That Make Me Cry or whatever. And I, like, told myself, like, I'm not going to listen to this. Like, I'm only allowed to listen to this when I'm driving home from my opening night and that's the only time I'm allowed to cry. Like, that's – and I still, like, that's not – good to like manifest that but I do feel like I needed to get those emotions out and Mm -hmm. so at least me setting the regulations of like okay I'm not crying I'm not listening to any sad music this is just going to be a happy night it's going to be a happy week a happy life I'm allowed to be sad because it's like a period of my life that's ending yeah but like I'm only allowed to be sad for like an hour and a half yeah and then like I just have to like move on like I just have to you know and so it's interesting because I I think, like, if I were to talk to, like, a therapist about that, like, that's still not a healthy thing, and I'm not recommending that anyone do that. But, but is it? Because you're allowing yourself to feel. And so, see, I think that's the, like, that's the that's difference, That's the too. issue of, I I personally think that's a, a million times more healthy than what I did in high school of, like, just listening to, like, the song from Cyberbully, like, over and over <laughs> again and, like, crying in my, you know? Like, like I'm sorry I, I'm laughing, but it's because I did the same you, thing. You, it's a shared experience. <laughs> but oh. I think it's a lot healthier to be like, hey, I understand, Skylar, that, like, this is a huge life thing you're going through. It's okay to be sad about it, but, like, there is an end. Yeah. Of, like, like when Poppy passed away, I was like, I'm like I'm taking the next day off work I'm just gonna like be sad and cry about it all day and like have soup for dinner but then after that I have to move on when it wouldn't have been healthy for you to just be like well I'm not gonna let myself be sad about it and I'm going to work the next day and everything's fine and it also wouldn't be healthy for me to let my life be controlled by that you know so I think it's a balance yeah and so I think like it's just such an interesting thing because it's I don't know it's yeah. so interesting with, like, the content you consume and, like, regulating that for yourself. Because I think that's been the biggest changes I've gotten older is I let myself feel, like, my extreme feelings. Yeah. But I, like, try and regulate it as much as I can. Well, like, I did not watch 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, me when neither. When it came out, I knew. I knew that that would potentially trigger me and yeah. that it was not worth it. I I think that's another discussion is, like, what do you think about, like, displaying graphic things about um mental illness and self-harm and suicide like in media like I think I I don't remember the movie Cyberbully that much but I do remember a very graphic scene Mm -hmm. that I don't think I think you could have told that story without showing that scene and I don't know the exact scene of 13 Reasons Why but I have read some like summaries of it yeah and it seems like they could have told that story without showing that and I think for me that's kind of where the line is drawn again with like talking about these things being open about depression being open about mental illness but trying not not showing things that could potentially trigger someone see and I think that's a bigger question about like censorship of like even a couple podcasts ago like my like hot take was that like I don't like horror and I like think it's weird to like watching people get murdered and like that kind of sparked a discussion about like well like then you don't need to consume that you know and it's I think it's kind of a balance of I think that like 
I don't know. I, I feel like if a teenager can seek it out and it's going to like affect them and like potentially cause them to self-harm or cause them to whatever, like I don't know if that needs to be made and profited off of. But also that's like a really big shared experience that a yeah. lot of people have. So are people not allowed to create that art? Because right. it could like if I don't, it's I don't trigger have an you and you put a trigger warning on like I, I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't have I don't have an answer. And I think but that's, that's why I think like discussions like this are so interesting because we don't have all the answers. Yeah. And like I I just think I think we're in like a very interesting time. And I think that's like something really cool to talk about too is like I'm really, really hopeful for our generation and like especially Gen Z yeah. that like they're coming up with this understanding of like mental illness. Well, one of the things that drives me crazy is when people are like, especially the older generation, is like, well, everyone these days has anxiety and depression. Like, like that's yeah. not real. And it's like, no, the same amount of people probably had it 50 years ago. But like someone like me, I probably would never have gone to therapy. Yeah. Like I probably would have just been like, well, that's me. Like. That's but also, my life. if you had grown up 50 years ago, you wouldn't have things to trigger you. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, maybe some novels or, like, some television shows. But, like, you couldn't, like, go on your phone and look at social media. Like, I was so impressed. Like, maybe a year ago, I was talking to one of my younger relatives who I think they were in, like, eighth grade at the time. And they were telling me. So I was like, hey, like, you deleted your Instagram. Like, why'd you do that? Like. I love seeing your pictures and they were like oh well like a lot like I've been like kind of changing friend groups and like I don't really like seeing all my friends hanging out without me and it was like really upsetting me and like making me sad so like I deleted it because it wasn't good for my mental health and yeah. I was like that is such a grown-up concept <laughs> <laughs> like I like that's coming from your mouth as an eighth grader like that that was not good for your mental health yeah. So, like, you deleted it temporarily and, like, you'll be back on in, like, a couple months when, like, your mental health is better. Like, that's – it just makes me feel like I have such faith that, yeah. like, these conversations are going to happen more and more and that also people are, like, becoming aware of, like, hey, that's not healthy. Yeah. Like, maybe I should stop that. And just being okay with talking about it, too. Yeah. Like, if I – when I was 15 – had been able to go to my parents before I got to that breaking point and been like, hey, I'm really struggling. I think I might have some sort of issue with my mental health. I would yeah. like to go to therapy. So much, like, hurt and, like, trauma could have been stopped Oh, if yeah. I had just been able to have that conversation. And it makes me really hopeful that, like, Gen Z and, like, the generation coming after Gen Z is able to talk about those things yeah like I I hope that someday if I have a child and that child is is dealing with things that they can feel comfortable coming to me or maybe not me maybe a friend or maybe a, a teacher yeah. and just being like hey I'm not doing well I'm yeah. struggling well and I think too like it, it's such an interesting thing because I feel like it already is like prevalent with our generation of like I grew up in a family where like mental illness is a thing yeah. Like, everyone is, like, very aware that, like, anxiety and depression, like, run in my family. Like, people have been hospitalized for it. Like, it's a very not common thing, but it's, like, something that everyone kind of understands. And so I did feel, like, a little, um, like, not, not, not special, but, like, it did feel like, oh, yeah, like, everyone goes through that. And yeah. so I feel like that was, that was an interesting experience for me, but I think that, like, 
talking to some of like my adult friends now whose parents like just don't believe in it it's crazy it's like crazy yeah like I I was talking to someone that I'm really close with the other day or maybe not the other day like maybe a year ago (laughs) about um (laughs) all time is just kind of blurring (laughs) together um but I was talking to them and I was like hey like I think that you might have depression or like some sort of something that like you should go to therapy and like seek help because like the way that you're feeling isn't like you're sad about specific things it's like you're sad all the time and like I can't diagnose you and I don't want to but I think that like maybe you should seek help and that person like told their parents and talked to them and their parents were like oh what what do you mean like that's not a thing like blah, 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 blah. and it was just this like brushed over whereas if I went to my parents and was like hey I have anxiety I want to see a therapist my parents wouldn't have taken me to go see a therapist yeah and so it makes me so hopeful that like our kids like hopefully my son will be able to come to me someday if he has a mental disorder and be like hey I'm really sad and like don't feel okay yeah can you help? And I'll be like, yeah, like, let's take tomorrow off of school and let's go for a hike. Let's set you up with a therapist. Let's take these steps and let's remove these triggers and let's figure out what's wrong and, like, get you help versus, like, you're not depressed. Like, you're just sad. Like, everyone's sad. And it's like, no, like, that doesn't have to be the way that you live. Like, don't just settle for that. Like, if you can improve yourself in any way – work on it yeah you know well and I think it's it's easier for people like you and me who've been through it yeah but I I think what's so important about having these conversations online and and in media and 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 sharing those things is for the people who haven't had that experience to be able to understand it and not just be like you don't have that but be like oh yeah like maybe maybe you do like I let's take you to a therapist or let's take you to a psychologist and that's why I do think it's it's so important to have these conversations yeah and just for the average person to be super open about it totally and just be like oh yeah like oh what'd you do today oh I went to therapy like that should be a normal thing and that's why I do I do feel so conflicted about like showing those things in media and also trying not to trigger people because I do think it's such a fine line yeah because I do I'm sure there are probably so many teenagers out there who watched something like 13 Reasons Why and had never struggled with something like that and then felt like they understood their their friends or their family members who are. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to figure out, like, I don't know. It's so hard to figure those things out. I feel like for me, like, I am personally always trying to better myself. Yeah, me too. And I think that, like, everyone should always be trying to better themselves, no matter what that means for you. For some people, that might mean, like, going to the gym and eating healthier for some people that might mean like going to therapy for some people like that it might mean like going outside and getting fresh air or what having a healthier relationship with your family like I think that like bettering yourself can be so many different things to so many different people but like something that Kyle and I started like early on in our relationship was like if and I don't know if it's like for us it's like the best thing but like if one of us is like I'm just, like, really angry about this, that, and the other. Like, if Kyle says that to me, I'll be like, well, work on that. <laughs> like, let's work on that. Like, yeah. if, if instead of being like, I'm so unmotivated and I'm this, that, and the other, and just saying I am, like, and then negative qualities about yourself, like, 
work on that yeah (laughs) like like I like I have anxiety disorder but like I'm working on it like I try and meditate every day like for me that's like one of the biggest things that has helped me in my entire life (laughs) so I think that like for me having the like mentality of like work on that is like very helpful for some people it might not be very helpful but for me being able to be like you're really angry maybe you should work Work on on that that. (laughs) like what can you do can you have a conversation with that person yeah can you like cut that person out of your life for a little bit can we like solve the problem that's making you angry like what's what does that boil down to that's like the joke we always make of like girl like girls who post on instagram who are like like for like their one year anniversary with their boyfriend are like I hate you sometimes we yeah, fight right. non-stop we hate each other we're so sick of each other but I wouldn't want to be so angry with anyone else like love you happy one year and it's like, like maybe you, you should, should work, work on, on that. that like <laughs> my goal is to never fight with Kyle ever again in my entire life yeah. my goal is to never fight with my family my goal is to never have another panic attack like yeah. My goal is to have the best, healthiest relationships with everyone around me, including myself. So it's weird to me when people are like, like, if I were to post about you and be like, sometimes we bicker and get under each other's skin, but, like, I still love it. Like, that's not our relationship because we both work to To not not. do that. Like, Like, that shouldn't be, like, Like, a point of, like, pride. Like, life isn't perfect. Like, you're gonna fight with Kyle, and you're gonna bicker with me, and you'll probably have a fight with your family, but, like, that doesn't mean that you should just be like, I hate you. But if that can happen once every three years versus, like, every day, like, I don't know. I just think self-improvement is, like... I agree. Essential. Well, I think, I don't think we're going to do advice this podcast because we've been going for so long, but um, do you want to end with just kind of like where you're at now with your mental health, what you're working on, what things you're doing? I can go first if you want. Yeah, go first. Um, So right now, I would say I'm in a good spot with my mental health. I feel like I understand it. Um, I was in, I had a little bit of like a dip down when I had to get off birth control because birth control was originally what my therapist or my psycho psychotherapist the person who prescribes you medication yeah had told me I should get on to regulate my mood and that helped so much mm-hmm. so adjusting to getting off that was really really hard um I think yeah. I'm still dealing kind of reeling from it but I'm doing a lot better um I'm currently not in therapy but I actually think I want to get back into therapy before Stephen and I start trying because I think mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's going to be a whole influx of hormones that could affect it just like it did when I went through puberty yeah um I feel like I'm pretty open about it with people in my real life with people online uh and I think that helps a lot yeah and so I'm in a good place I'm really happy really happy with the relationships that I have and um I think I'm functioning pretty well so yeah what about you I'm really proud of you (laughs) love you sis um I think I'm doing really well I think like, the the newest thing has been, like, I have been really hormonal because of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally, like, we joke about it a lot. Like, I'm a very emotional and sensitive person, but I just don't get angry. Like, yeah. that's, like, I feel like I experience every other, like, emotion, like, positive and negative. But, like, I never, like, I've probably yelled at Kyle, like, once. <laughs> maybe. And that was, like, barely, yeah. you know? But I think, like since I've been pregnant and since I've been more hormonal I'm like I tend to get angrier faster like even at like stupid little things like 
we were getting like an acai bowl this weekend and the guy in front of me was like asking if he could taste everything like we were like kind of in a rush and he was like could I taste that kiwi? She's like, sure. And like handed him the kiwi. And he's like, can I taste your almond butter and your peanut butter? And I literally was sitting there and I was like staring at Kyle being like, I'm going to strangle him. Like I, like I. Maybe you should work on that. <laughs> I know, but I want to. And so I like, I told Kyle, I was like, I like got in the car and was like almost shaking. because I was like so angry. I was like, I don't know why I'm so frustrated right now. Like yeah. everything's fine. We're on time. The guy was, like, just trying to see if he liked almond butter or peanut butter better. <laughs> but, like, I'm so frustrated. And he's like, I think it's, like, your hormones. And I was like, no, it definitely is. But, like, I definitely need to work on it because I still have three months left of being pregnant. And, like, I can't just keep getting angry over, like, almond butter versus peanut butter. Like, yeah. that's just not. So I think that, like, I'm in a really good place with my anxiety. I'm in a really good place with, like, eating disorder recovery and, all of it I think like the only thing I like really truly am struggling with is like obviously always remnants of anxiety but also just like the influx of hormones that like mm-hmm. pregnancy comes with if I feel things a lot deeper of like when I'm sad I feel like I feel like really sad yeah <laughs> like if I feel like frustrated I feel like I feel like really frustrated so I'm just trying to kind of like manage that but I think that's like a very normal thing that happens in pregnancy and when your hormones are going crazy and you're growing a human being inside of you so I'm working on that I feel like my relationships are like really really healthy with everyone in my life like I don't think I've ever had such a healthy relationship with like my partner my friends my family everyone um yeah so I feel like I'm in a pretty good place good I'm so happy for you I'm so proud of you we're surviving. We're we doing it. We're not just surviving. We're, we're thriving. thriving. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, especially YouTube. Yeah. We just got the 100,000 subscriber plaque for the vlog. How freaking cool would it be to get one for the podcast? That would be so nuts. That would be so cool. Um, so subscribe. Uh, leave us a comment down below. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll see you on Monday. Bye. Bye.